Welcome to Classic Comics Cavalcade. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Amir Malikpour. And we are discussing Infinity Gauntlet number four. I love this title. Cosmic Battle at the Edge of the Universe. <laughs> Jim Starlin, Ron Lim, and George Perez. Yeah. Joseph Rubenstein and some guy named Bruce N. Solotov. Mm-hmm. Wow, man. We haven't discussed this in a few weeks. And I was just so psyched to come back and read like this all out action comic that just builds and builds and it's amazingly fun. It's, um, this is what you imagine. I mean, right now I'm not a kid anymore, but this is what you imagine a kid loving. This is what a comic book comes to, a kid comes to read buy a comic book for like these battles, like amazing. like. It's just like the movie, except at this time when this comic was produced, there was no technology to replicate the kind of, you know, action-packed comic or story that you have in this comic book. It would have been mind-blowing, right? Yeah, yeah. And and yeah, you didn't get to read kid. You didn't read American comics when you were a kid. But this is exactly the kind of stuff you know we would talk about over the lunch table in fourth or fifth grade. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, what if we got all the heroes together to fight a villain? Yeah, man, but, but who would be the worst villain for them to fight? I can't imagine who they could fight. No one could beat the Silver Surfer anyway. Like, mm-hmm. the, the, this is exactly the kind of thing. And, like, this would have been better than Secret Wars, I think, as, as like, the big crossover event or something. Mm-hmm. It's like every kid's dream come true to see this incredible cosmic giant battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like like you mentioned every time, too, like they never stop to, or Starlin always stops to pay attention to the supporting characters, too. Mm-hmm. There's even a part where he's all like, I don't know what the exact dialogue is, but I think like Thanos is like, oh, here's a fourth stringers or something like that. The fourth fills or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it towards the end when Captain America oh, looks? Finally, the reserves are called in. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> When Quasar comes in. Well, Quasar is kind of a reserve, but he's got amazing powers. He just burns his hands. Yeah. Yeah, like it's no big thing. Pretty cool. He gives Wolverine such a great page, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if anybody might survive, it's him because Wolverine is technically immortal. Right. And he can survive any attack. And then he just mangles them. Like, oh. Well, Starlin builds it up, too. Then the truly unexpected happens. The miraculous. He's one of the X-Men. Goes by the name of Wolverine. You're like, Wolverine, he'll save the day. He's coming in like the hero. Even, you know, uh, what's his name? Sunfire or whatever the hell the dude's name is. Fire Lord. Couldn't stop him. This guy was a herald of galaxies. But you could save him, the plucky Canadian. Mm-hmm. He's got them claws. And then Lim gives him this just awesome action scene where you see him stabbing at Thanos with his claws. And like, yeah, all right, I get this. He could have, he fought the Hulk. He's super tough. He can beat anybody, right? And then, no. He tortures, like literally tortures Cyclops and Thor and then kills them both. Cyclops, I think, has the worst death. Or like he suffocates to death. My God! So he's he has like 
five minutes at least to sit there and say, oh my God, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. What am I gonna do? I can't breathe, right? He's panicking the whole time. And he takes away, um, he shoots uh, Thor's hammer into another dimension or world or whatever. And he turns into like um, a human form and he's suffocating. I don't know who's worse is Thor or Cyclops. They're both pretty incredibly terrible. Well, yeah, he comes. I think Cyclops is probably worse because Thor comes back and he's battling and then he turns him into glass and just shatters him. It's crazy. Oh, it's just so awesome. Right. And then he bitch slaps Captain America. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And Captain America just falls down and just... Like and a, then and then he destroys Captain Marvel's or Quasar's uh bands. He's like, oh my god, I, I not a, not again. I don't know what that means, not again. I guess he he already done it before. Hmm. You know what's so interesting? It's such a humiliating defeat, right? It's not even like a, a little bit of defeat, it's like they're completely just devastated. Mm-hmm. You know, at the bottom of the page, what page is that 36? 35 whatever it is but when you just see the mall all the heroes splayed around him in a circle and every one of them is just completely decimated mm-hmm. you're like there's no hope the holy universe is going to die it's because thanos and the only reason they're having this battle in the first place is because thanos wants to impress death by giving the heroes 0.05 percent of a chance to defeat him but I had a couple of questions. One is, did Thanos' girlfriend behead Iron Man? Oh, let me... And he took, I think he chopped off his head. Let me go back to that. It's like, this is a kid's comic. I had the past Comics Code Authority. It was, and then, it was approved by the Comics Code Authority. And then Thanos... Um, ripped uh um visions insides out yeah all the cables and technology and stuff i don't know how he got to be a giant in front of the hulk that was a little confusing to me i mean he has the power to do anything right i guess so if he can create this crystal thing in in front of uh in the face of cyclops i guess he could do anything yeah, actually, um, I think what's her name? His girlfriend or Thanos has made made t- Taraxa. Yeah, Taraxa. Yeah, that's I think he chopped off Tony Stark's head because you could see the droop. Oh my god, this is crazy. Yeah, I'm looking at this again. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's just not shown directly. I'm trying to find if we actually see it because she's like twisting his head when on the Patriot screaming supremacy cannot be imprisoned. My God, this guy monologues like total superhero villain, right? Mm-hmm. My yeah. divinity is absolute. It looks like she's twisting his head. Oh yeah, and then she throws the helmet off in the next panel. Yeah, you're like, well, it's, that's just the helmet. And then you're like, oh, what's that stuff trickling down the helmet? Oh, it's blood. Never mind. It's not red, but. It's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. This is so violent. I think you're right. And then Spider-Man even think there's like, 
there's not even a ghost of chance shooting webbing in Thanos' face is going to stop him at all. I mean, that's for a second. That's pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> we don't even know what happens to Spider Man, actually. No, he's just, well, Taraxa beats him up somehow. Mm-hmm. Oh, we know what happens. <laughs> oh, my God. The next panel, you know, um, after. Oh, yeah, right. She's beating the shit out of him with the rock. <laughs> and then she shows the rock and it's got like blood and. Oh, and my God. On it. The most violent. Wow. Thank Approved you. by the comics code. Brought to you to all the kids across the world. <laughs> Another reason why kids would have loved this. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. Yeah. When I was a kid, I remember when I watched uh, the most frustrating thing when I watched G.I. Joe cartoons and was that nobody got hurt. The bad guys uh, didn't get hurt. The good guys didn't get There are no stakes. This one, everyone's dead. And they die gruesome in a gruesome manner. You bring up a really good point too, which is like, I don't think this was being done in regular uh, Marvel or DC comics at the time. There was no like act ramifications. No, no one ever broke a leg in a fight. Mm-hmm. No one even had busted knuckles after a fight, right? They'd go back to school or work and no one would know the difference. But like, God, yeah. For these heroes, like this is this is totally the world they live in. And was this done in 91 or was it early? Because I have a trade paperback that I'm reading and uh, it says 91, but was it before? It must have been 88 or some 80s, right? No, I think this was done. Well, it spun out of the storyline in Silver Surfer 50, remember? Oh, okay, okay. So this is done at the time. So maybe they're just trying to compete with Image Comics and then, you know, the grittiness of Watchmen and Dark Knight Returns is kind of seeping into the zeitgeist, you know, of the comic industry. Yeah, maybe it's part of like an experiment to see if they could do something a little more hardcore and see what the reaction is. Yeah. But I think that's part of it. Like when we wrote the 90s book, like it, this was this legendary story we had to cover. Mm-hmm. It's a good, that's a good comment because like even at Marvel, like a book like X Factor, was kind of ramping up the violence in its own way mm-hmm. because under rob you know he he just felt kind of uninhibited and you know there's cable carrying around a gun and he actually used the gun mm. you know and that was pretty different from anybody else at the time oh yeah that's true and this is actually before image right image was at 93 or something no image was the first image books came out more or less around the same time oh okay let me pull up the mike's amazing world to confirm that but i i'm i know image was at least in the in the uh talking stages at the time it's incredible because ron Lim does a really good job i actually i mean i know i think it's a partnership between ron lim and uh george perez i'm not you could tell the pages i think most of it was done by lim right yeah uh, i think perez only did like three or four pages of it before he had mm-hmm. his deadline pressures mm-hmm. yeah but i was going to ask you how you felt the transition went I mean, I actually, the thing is that the more I read Jim Starlin, the more more I really enjoy his writing. Like, yeah. 
I've, I've started to read, uh, we've talked about this offline uh, for a while. I've started to read his Warlock. Um, they put out a really beautiful um, gallery edition with like some original art from him, but I've been reading it and his writing is really fun. You know, he can give verbose and whatever, but it's really, it moves really fast. And I really enjoyed the story. I mean, you know, it's for definitely, you know, take out the blood. It is a kid's story. It's just battles, you know, people punching each other. But, but like the whole stakes and the relationships and, you know, quips and everything. I'm really enjoying the writing. And then Ron Lim does a really good job. I mean, he's not George Perez, but he's really good. He's great. He, yeah, does, he does the job, yeah. In his own specific way, he I think Lim's just a fantastic artist for this work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Is that kind of like the work he was born to draw? Um, so to, to catch up, um, so this book was released in August 1991. So it was probably created in the spring of 91. Mm -hmm. um, it was about a year before Image was born. I'm completely wrong on that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, looks like uh, uh, Eric Larson was still doing Spider-Man at the time. Uh, X-Force number three, so that was still Liefeld. Yeah, it was still another eight months or so till Liefeld left, left X-Force. Mm -hmm. This is actually the month X-Men number one came out. Mm -hmm. The adjective uh, list X-Men number one. I mean, it's interesting, the violence, uh, I even think this is more violent than, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's Spawn and Image stuff was more violent, but um, it's definitely a, like Marvel's answer to Watchmen. And By the way, there's a beautiful uh, Mike Mignola cover on X-Men Classic that came out that month. So definitely worth looking at. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, sorry, I went off on a tangent there. Yeah, I think Lim's art is like, so, you know, Lim was a former fan artist. Mm -hmm. He's actually kind of a contemporary. A lot of the folks I was friends with back in the, the time when I was doing my writing for fanzines. Oh, cool. He's a Northern California guy too. I think oh, I nice. some conventions here locally, like Sac I, Sacramento. I guarantee he wouldn't remember me, but he did work for like, there was, there was like circles of zines that you kind of became part of. And he did work for two zines that I contributed, was friends with the editors, Ultra Zine and No Sex Fanzine. Mm -hmm. And um, he, I'm sure he would remember the editor of No Sex Fanzine. So, um, you know, he'd been drawing fan art for or fan strips for four or five years and then got his break at Marvel. Mm -hmm. And he, I know he had been wanting to do this kind of story for years. Mm. And you can see his, the quality of work he's putting into this. And he was already doing the Silver Surfer, right? He was already doing Silver Surfer at that point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I um, mean, in terms of cohesiveness, I think, you know, we could, we should credit Rubenstein for, you know, inking. I don't know, Bruce and Solotov, um, I don't know how much inking he did, but I feel like the transition is really, um, has been really good, the inking, so. I think Rilim also did the layouts. I don't think these are Perez's layouts after the oh, first okay. three pages or so. I think the but last they match really well. Mm -hmm. Go yeah. ahead. What were you saying? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just saying. I think the last page is a Perez page. The last where it says like you know, looking forward to the next astral conflagration. I think the uh, 
the previews for the next issue. Uh huh. Last two pages of page spread is Perez page. It looks kind of like a Perez to me. Oh yeah, maybe so. But like, yeah, I noticed the difference because you know no one draws like George Perez. But you're right, Rubenstein does a, such a good job of kind of smoothing everything out. Mm -hmm. And um, the that after that initial action scene, it's not even after the initial. I think he just does the first couple pages. And then the page with the big overlay with the title. And I think to my eyes, like page four is already Ron Lim. Mm -hmm. And he does things like he draws Wanda's hair the same. Mm -hmm. And Spider-Man, he's got, Perez has a very specific way of drawing Spider-Man, you know, with his legs up, but not up in the same way Todd does it. And mm -hmm. it's hard to explain, but it, it, it seems like it's in a very Perez style design. His mm -hmm. arms look almost as long as his legs. Um, I, of oh, course, yeah. I could be wrong too. Might not start for another page or two. Uh, he does he, his di his layouts are so dynamic, mm -hmm. and there's such smart layouts too. Like the page, uh, what is it? Page eight. Page, yeah, page eight, when um, they're all attacking Thanos and all we see is stuff crashing into the ground behind him because we don't need to see the actual action. Everyone's just getting destroyed. Mm -hmm. So we see like the beam, uh, like Iron Man's beams going through the, the, the uh, castle and Thor's hammer and everything else. It's like, it's mm -hmm. so great at showing how pathetic these heroes are. Yeah, I like that. I like the part where, um, you know, um, Dr. Doom tries to betray Hulk by grabbing the, the Infinity Gauntlet and then like Thanos just shoots him. He, he throws him off and then he's like, doink, 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 you know, like the Dr. Doom hits the ground like three times, like a, like a cartoon. <laughs> doink, doink, doink. And he's all like, he lost all his cape and stuff. Of course, Dr. Doom has to betray them, though. Mm -hmm. it's just who he is right it's his nature mm -hmm. that's so clever i will not be denied those gems you think he's like gem obsessed or he just can't be defeated you know doom's doom's always got to be on top well he's power hungry like he's not gonna like if you really think about it he could probably do the same thing as mephisto and survive and say hey you know we have common enemy this is making me really happy that you're killing bad guys, but he wants ultimate power, you know? You think that's the better game for him to have played? I don't know. If it's, I don't think it's the better game, but that's the nature of, you know, nature of power hungry, evil people is like, they can't, that's their fault. That's why, I mean, you know, I'm a, this is again, kids comics, but that's the reason they don't band together because they're bad. They, they, they're power hungry, you know? The, yeah. the one dimensional, or not one dimensional, but these evil like Doom, Thanos, you, they want all of power. They're hungry. They're, they have this addiction to power. And so you don't want to share any of it. You, you start to feel threatened by it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you want all of it. Yeah, because you know that eventually you're going to be fighting to be who's to see who's going to be the top dog. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Or it, I, yeah, I think sorry. also Thanos is like, why should I want someone like him to be my ally? He's no threat to me. 
So therefore, I don't need to worry about him. So I'll just defeat him instead of courting him in any way. Mm-hmm. I think it would be sm- I actually think it would have been smarter for Doom to try to ally with him. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. With him, with with uh with Thanos. Thanos. Yeah, of course. Or maybe he reasoned there was no figure, there's no reasoning with him. No, I think he just wants the power. I think, in my opinion, like I believe that he wants all of it, all the power. I actually think maybe the good guy should have banded with Thanos to at least get some, you know, like politicians, how like <laughs> yeah. The, Lesser of two evils, they're like, well, he killed half the people, but let's just make sure he doesn't kill the rest of them. Uh huh. Can we can we give you some names? I mean, that's what uh, one of the can things you, that I noted down is like, you can kill my landlord, but his wife is always nice to me. Yeah, he yeah. Um, but um, I, I wonder what Mephisto's motivation is. You know, what what's his motivation? Even Thanos' brother wonders. It's like, what's he up to? Yeah. That is a good question, right? Because he's not the devil. He's not literally the devil anyway. Yeah, that's a really interesting monologue. I even think of him as kind of like Loki. You think like, well, he's like, okay, now that like Thanos is doing all this bad stuff, it's just kind of boring. Let me just help out the good guys a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually kind of jumps out at you now that Loki's not part of the story at all. Mm. If it was done today, I bet Loki would have been in, in some some role like that, right? Yeah, he probably wasn't a popular character in the comics at the time. Oh no, Hiddleston made him so much more popular. Yeah. For good reason. I love that guy. I'm I want to know what happens, man. It's like, how are they gonna? I mean, I hope the ending is okay. I mean, it's so interesting how like I don't know. Uh I haven't really read the spoiler, so I'm going to, I will find it. Of course, I've seen the movie. I don't know how similar to the movie it's going to be, but. I'm pretty sure they defeat him. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You think? I don't know. How are they going to come back from this? (laughs) But that's literally all I know, right? And I I wonder if it's going to have something to do with the, what do you think? What do you you think the gods are going to do there at the end? I, I think you know, it's got, asked, asked to have something to do with those cosmic beings. Well, What's Galactus no, going to do to save us all? No, we have two more issues left, right? Is so it, gods are going to lose next one. Something's going to happen in issue six. I can't remember if it's five issues or six issues now. Six issues. I thought it was five. I've been wrong the whole time. Yeah, it's six issues. It's so six issues. One, they're going to get their asses handed to them. And I think I just looked and I found out what happens. But we'll figure oh, out. Well, that's okay. Yeah. Gives us something to talk about next week. Mm-hmm. This, again, has been such a better read than I thought it would be. It's been a nice meal. It's, it, it's very satisfying. It is. Those double size issues are also really satisfying. Mm-hmm. You know, it gives you so much more to chew on. And I can't believe it's 40 pages of battle. I never got bored. Yeah. Even the dialogue is when he when there's like when they're going over their monologues, it's still kind of fun to read. Starlin was really good as a writer, wasn't he? He was, yeah. By that time he'd been writing for 15 years or so. 
dude definitely knew his stuff. I mean, he's got good stuff. I mean, he like Cosmic Odyssey is another one that I love that he's done with other artists. And then I'm really enjoying Warlock. Mm-hmm. And these are characters that you don't really hear about. I'm so glad you're liking Warlock because it's one of my favorite series he, he did too. And in that one, it was so, it was so funny. Like in this chapter, in this issue, number four, they mentioned that Warlock and Thanos fought alongside together. Oh, interesting. They fought um, Magus, Magus. Oh, right. Yeah, the, the like other dimensional. Uh, was where, Where's Magus from again? Magus is Warlock from the future. <laughs> the future, that's right. All of this is very fresh in my memory. <laughs> but yeah, thanks so much. This has been, this is really fun. So two more issues left. Maybe I'll finish it before next week. I don't know. We, maybe then we could go read Cosmic Odyssey, or we could also read a set of Starlin's uh, Batman stories from the early 90s. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. 80s or early 90s. Because um, I think we're in a Starlin mood, aren't we? Yeah, just in time for me to get like an iPad next month so I can go into that DC Infinite. You deserve an iPad. It's such a transformative device. You yeah. love it. Uh-huh. All these, I don't have to buy these issues and run out of space. Cool. Thanks, Samir. So Thank glad we got to hang out. Yeah, thank you.